Welcome to A Month with Matthew in Croatia. I'm writer Matthew Felix, and I needed to get away for a while to figure out what was next for me. And this is what happened when I did. These are travel anecdotes, stories, and ruminations from my month in a small island village in Croatia. From the characters I met to the experiences I had, some funny, some frustrating, to the thoughts, memories, and emotions that came up for me during my solo retreat in the seaside village in Croatia. I've already talked about how I discovered that there were, there used to be wasp nests all over this house, and that while most of them seemed to be seemed to have been removed before I got here, there was the one in the bathroom that I didn't know if it was about to just explode with wasps or if it was somehow you know latent, not something I needed to worry about. But I decided I didn't want to worry about it. I decided I didn't want the possibility of going, you know, into the bathroom in the middle of the night in the middle of the night, half asleep and have wasps swarming around because swarming around, because by the way, this has also happened to me before. I have a free story on Amazon that's called uh, Hornets and Grapes, I think is what it's called. Grapes and Hornets. I think it's Hornets and Grapes. I wrote it, you know, quite a while ago. And uh, what happened was I was living in the South of Spain. I was, was when I was just starting to write my novel and my Morocco book, they both ended up getting started at the same time. Actually, the bathroom book got started there too. All three of my books ended up being started in this little Andalusian southern Spanish village. But I had gone down to the coast. My landlords were actually going to California, ironically, and they were British. I mean, it's not like it was just pure coincidence that we had any sort of California connection. But my landlords were going to California, and so they said, hey, do you want to come down from the village, which was way up in the mountains in this isolated village? Do you want to come down to, to our house on the coast and house it for a couple of weeks? And I said, sure, you know, that'd be great. And you can use our car. And so I had a great week or two. I can't remember how long it was exploring the region, which I hadn't been able to do because until then I hadn't had a car and a French friend showed up and she came with me and we explored and it was great. Well, at the end of that period, I went back up, took the, the, uh, the bus, you know, the hour, hour and a half back up to my little village and when I went upstairs, because again, actually, just like this house, the bedroom was upstairs, you know, the whole floor, the whole top floor was the bedroom. Because again, it was just this minuscule, minuscule little house it used to, have, it was an animal stable before they had turned it into a house. Anyway, I go upstairs, and I see that the windows open, that because of winds, and I think there were some storms while I was gone, and the, the wind had blown the window open. Because it wasn't a window, there was no glass pane, it was just, they were just shutters. So no big deal. I go up to the window, close the shutters, and, you know, go about unpacking, doing my thing. Later that night, I'm sitting at my makeshift desk, and what I had done was I took a bookshelf and I turned it on its side because this little house was, you know, really, really bare bones. So I had to get inventive, as I do in a lot of the places where I stay. And uh, I'm sitting there working. I don't know what time it is, midnight, one o'clock. It's really late. And I pause from my writing, and I look down by my leg, and there's a hornet or a wa. I think I think these were yeah these were hornets actually. There's a hornet sleeping right next to my leg on on you know one of the shelves one of the shelves that's now of course vertical like I said because I've turned the bookshelf on its side. But there's a hornet sleeping right next to my leg. It's been there for the couple hours, the two or three hours that I've been working, and I hadn't even noticed. 
So, you know, I jump at first sort of startled just because I, you know, I didn't realize there was this semi-dangerous creature right next to me. It's sleeping, so it's not that big a deal. So I didn't get that freaked out, but, you know, I was initially startled. Well, then I look to my right and I see another hornet that's also asleep. And then I, you know, I kind of push my chair back from my pseudo desk and I look on the other shelves and, you know, underneath where I'm working, another hornet and another hornet and another hornet still. I was surrounded and I had been (laughs) for the whole time I'd been working there, like I said, two or three hours by hornets that were sleeping. And I had no idea. So now I was a little more concerned. I don't know if I went into panic mode um, or, like I said, I was just really concerned because, again, they were sleeping. But I, just like I don't know that much about the habits of wasps, the gestation periods of wasps, I didn't really know much about the sleeping patterns of hornets. So I was kind of guessing it wasn't going to take that much to wake them up. On the other hand, I'd already been there so long and they hadn't woken up. So, which seemed really weird to me. I mean, ostensibly, I could be perceived as a predator, right? I'm right next to them. I'm giant. They don't know that I'm afraid of them. And yet, not a creature is stirring, not even a hornet. So, I uh, I run downstairs, and I do what I normally do when I have, like, a spider in the house at home. I get a glass, and I get a piece of paperboard. I don't know what I had in this little house but something something fairly firm. And one by one, I ran back upstairs, and one by one, I scooped up each of these little hornets. Well, they weren't little. I don't know why I said they were little. I mean, they're little compared to me, because I'm a human. But they were, you know, they were hornets. They were normal-sized hornets. <laughs> so, uh, and they didn't, they didn't really wake up. I mean, there was enough movement once they were in the, in the glass to know that they were alive, but they were just really, really out of it. It's like someone had gotten them stoned or they'd had too much to drink or, you know, they somebody had drugged them. I don't know what, what was going on with these hornets, but they were out of it. And thank God. So I, again, do what I do at home. I ran downstairs and, I mean, at this time, I'm not running downstairs. At this time, they're in the glass. I'm, I've looked the, the shelves up and down 10 times to make sure I didn't miss any hornets I'm feeling good. Situation's resolved. I walk downstairs, let them out, you know, put them, dump them outside on the grapevine where normally I see them hanging out anyway. And all is well. And I go to bed shortly thereafter. The next morning, before I even, you know, wake up, or, well, I mean, I'm obviously awake, but before I open my eyes, I'm lying there in bed, half asleep, haven't even opened my eyes yet, and I just feel something. There is something in the room. (laughs) And I just, you know, it's just one of those intuitive things. You know, I'm sensing this other presence and I know I'm not imagining it and I'm almost afraid to open my eyes. Well, I opened my eyes and I was not imagining things. In the air above my bed, and again, like I said, this is a minuscule space. In my bed or above my bed in the airspace, circling round and round were, I don't know, four or five hornets. And they were all bashing themselves against the shutter that I had closed upon my return the day before. And they were coming from, circling back and forth between the the shutters, but they were coming from the fireplace. There was this little fireplace in the bedroom. 
And so I very quickly put two and two together. The hornets had moved in while I had been out. So now, now I was once again in panic mode because now the hornets are pissed. Unlike last night when they were asleep and didn't care that I was there and, and showed no concern whatsoever and could barely even wake themselves up, even when I you know, scooped them up and took them outside, now I have very real cause for concern because these hornets are pissed. They are, they are you know, flying in circles because, you know, they're, as far as they know, their survival is, is threatened. Their lives depend on getting out of this, this house because apparently they couldn't, the, you know, the fire, for whatever reason, they, wouldn't, they weren't coming and going through the, through the actual chimney. They were coming and going through the window. So I waited patiently for the hornets to get tired. <laughs> Sheltered by the ostensible protection of my sheet. When they seemed like they were tired out and they were no longer flying around in, in you know, frantic circles, I jumped out of bed, I ran over to the shutters, opened the shutters, and jumped back under my sheets. Well, that is exactly what they wanted, what they needed, and right away, a bunch of them flew out of my room. Much to my supreme satisfaction and happiness. Now, to be honest, you know what? I think I told part of the story wrong, and that's okay. I'm just going to skip over it. But I think at that point, maybe I hadn't even made the connection that they were in the fireplace. Because I remember I came back later and walked upstairs, and I was surprised to see them again. So that was only when I realized they were in the fireplace. It did take me a second you know, or a third interaction or encounter with the, with the hornets for me to realize they were actually living in the fireplace. So then when that happened, which was the same day, just later that same day, then I realized I had to get them out of the fireplace. Well, how, how do you get a bunch of hornets out of the fireplace? Once again, like, like here in Croatia, I'm in a small, I mean, this place, the village in Spain was even, you know, much more remote because here, at least I can take a ferry and I'm in a big city. But the the village in Spain was much more remote, and it wasn't as if I could just call an exterminator or have the landlords come up, never mind the fact that I didn't want to bother them with something like this. On the other hand, how many hornets were in the fireplace? And how angry were they going to get? And when were they going to decide that I was the cause of their problems? And would I be asleep when they descended upon me? Or would I come home forgetting about them and then have them all swarm and cover me with stings? Like, I didn't want to become a human pincushion. So... I, once again, I was just sort of going in circles about how do I handle this? And I didn't know anyone in the village. I hadn't, again, I was doing the sort of the, you know, the, the lonely or the, uh, the isolated writer thing, you know, deliberately not, it was not a cultural trip. I was there just, just to focus on my writing. So I would, you know, I would say hi, hi to the neighbors and things, but I hadn't made friends with anyone. So there was no one for me to turn to in the village for help. Well, I also don't like to use nasty chemicals. On the other hand, I thought, well, maybe the chemicals wouldn't really, if I were to buy some raid or whatever, some pesticides, as much as I hated the thought of doing that, I thought, well, they have an easy escape. So maybe if I do use the pesticides, rather than kill them, it will just get them out of that environment and they'll know that they can't be there and they'll leave. So when I thought of, you know, thought of it as a potential deterrent, I didn't feel as bad about it, although of course I was still re- would would still be releasing those horrible chemicals into the environment, but but then that also entailed 
getting up in the fireplace. How else was I going to get the raid up there? I would have to get, you know, down in the fireplace and shoot the chemicals up. Well, presumably the hornets weren't going to wait a long while before coming out. And there was no way in hell I would have any chance of moving faster than they were when they're fleeing for their lives. And of course, it's going to be obvious this time, it is going to be very obvious that I'm the threat because I'm the one that's provoking the danger. So another conundrum, I wasn't sure what to do, but I didn't know what else to do. So I tried. I got some raid, not proud of that. But again, desperate times. And I plotted my escape route, which was just to go to the stairs. And so I went to the fireplace, shot some raid straight up, and then ran back to the staircase. A few hornets flew out, but there wasn't that mass exodus that I was not only hoping for, but desperately needed. It didn't really seem to matter that much. I mean, yeah, a few a few hornets cared, but most of them... But again, most of them, I don't know. I didn't know how many hornets were still up there. Tried a couple more times. It really wasn't that effective. I felt bad about using the chemicals in the first place. I decided I needed another approach. That's when I made the horrible decision of deciding to light a fire in the fireplace. I don't have a lot of experience with fireplaces. I mean, we had one growing up, and I can light a fire, and, um, you know, it's not, they're not completely foreign to me, but I don't know, I can't just look at a fireplace, or I don't have a sense for, you know, is this fireplace in good shape? Should I use this fireplace or not? I mean, if there's a fireplace in there, there are ashes, and it looks like it's been used in any sort of recent past, I'm just going to assume that it's, that it's okay, that it's in working condition. That was, a, the, the, that was a very, very wrong assumption in my little house in my isolated Andalusian village. Got some paper, got a few twigs, and I lit it. It didn't take long, a mere minute or two, before the entire house was full of smoke. Now I really was panicking. Really, really panicking. I don't know if the flu wasn't open, if... You know, the fireplace was just clogged because it hadn't been cleaned. Like, again, I don't know how this works. It wasn't, you know, this was, this building was presumably hundreds and hundreds of years old. So it wasn't like there was a, there was a switch or one of those things where you can open or close the flue. So it wasn't that straightforward. It wasn't like I just needed to flip a switch and everything would be okay. The smoke just wasn't going anywhere and I didn't have any way of changing that. So I had to, I had to stop it fast. Because otherwise, I was going to burn the whole village down. This village is one of those typical whitewashed Andalusian villages that you see on all the postcards. It's like, you know, like in Greece, that whole idea where, you know, every house is built one on top of the other. So if my house caught on fire, it's basically going to burn down half the village, which was not very big since everything's connected. So now I'm just in full scale panic. And like I said, I'm in this minuscule place, so there's not, it's not as if I've got a bathroom or any source of water upstairs. So I run downstairs to the kitchen, I fill up, I don't know what I had, I must have had a bucket for like mopping and stuff. So I filled up whatever I had available, I run upstairs, I douse the flames, they don't go out, I run back downstairs, I douse them again, I don't know how many times I went up and down. Meanwhile, the whole place is full of smoke. Now the good news is, hornets don't like smoke, the bad news is, like I said, I'm almost burning down the house. Thank God, I eventually managed to put the fire out. The fire does not catch 
the rest of the house on fire. Never mind burn down half the village. I don't know if I've accomplished my goal of getting rid of the hornets, but, you know, at least the window was open. So I'm guessing that they were, you know, making their escape as I was running back and forth. And um, I just, I couldn't pay attention to that at that point because the fire was all that mattered. The hornets were nothing compared to the potential danger of burning down the entire village. So eventually the fire gets it, you know, I put out the fire and I'm exhausted from the adrenaline rush, from running up and down the stairs, from, you know, again, just all the stress of the situation from start to finish. And I go and I sit on my terrace from which I could see the Mediterranean in the distance over some distant mountains. And it's glistening because now it's, it's near dusk. And I look to the grapevine uh, to my right where the hornets are just going about their business as if nothing traumatic has ever, you know, has, has happened to them. And I wonder if they're the same hornets, and I presume they are, you know, because they were basically just right outside my window. But I still don't know if I've really resolved the situation. The next morning I wake up, afraid to open my eyes, but I do, and there's nothing happening in what has once again returned to being my peaceful little Andalusian retreat. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and check out MatthewFelix.com for information about my books, other podcasts, and much more.